Chapter Six of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kath Grace, San Clemente, California. April's Lady by Margaret Wolfe Hungerford. Chapter Six. Or if they sing, tis with so dull a cheer that leaves look pale, thinking the winter's near. The visit to the court being decided on, Miss Cavanaugh undertakes life afresh with a joyous heart. Lord and Lady Baltimore are the best host and hostess in the world, and a visit to them means unmixed pleasure while it lasts. The court is indeed the pleasantest house in the county, the most desirable in all respects, and the gayest. Yet, strange and sad to add happiness has found no bed within its walls this is the more remarkable in that the marriage of lord and lady baltimore had been an almost idealistic one they had been very much in love with each other all the hosts of friends and relations that belonged to either side had been delighted with the engagement so many imprudent marriages were made so many disastrous ones but here was a marriage where birth and money went together and left no guardians or parents lamenting all belgravia stood still and stared at the young couple with genuine admiration it wasn't often that love pure and simple fell into their midst and such a satisfactory love too none of your erratic darts that struck the wrong breasts and created confusion for miles around but a thoroughly proper respectable winged arrow that pierced the bosoms of those who might safely be congratulated on the reception of it. They had, indeed, been very much in love with each other. Few people have known such extreme happiness as fell to their lot for two whole years. They were wrapped up in each other, and when the little son came at the end of that time, nothing seemed wanted. They grew so strong in their belief in the immutability of their own relations one to the other, that when the blow fell that separated them, it proved a very lightning stroke, dividing soul from body. Lady Baltimore could be at no time called a beautiful woman, but there is always a charm in her face, a strength, an attractiveness that might well defy the more material charms of a lovelier woman than herself. With a soul as pure as her face, and a mind entirely innocent of the world's evil ways, and the sad and foolish secrets she is compelled to bear upon her tired bosom from century to century. She took with a bitter hardness the revelations of her husband's former life before he married her, related to her by, of course, a devoted friend. Unfortunately, the authority was an undeniable one. It was impossible for Lady Baltimore to refuse to believe. The past, too, she might have condoned, though believing in her husband as she did, it would always have been bitter to her, but the devoted friend, may all such meet their just reward, had not stopped there. She had gone a step further, a fatal step. She had told her something that had not occurred since their marriage. Perhaps the devoted friend believed in her lie, perhaps she did not. Anyway, the mischief was done. Indeed, from the beginning, seeds of distrust had been laid and buried in so young and unlearned a bosom, had taken a fatal grip. 
the more fatal in that there was truth in them as a fact lord baltimore had been the hero of several ugly passages in his life his early life certainly but a young wife who has begun by thinking him immaculate would hardly be the one to lay stress upon that and when her friend who had tried unsuccessfully to marry lord baltimore and had failed had in the kindliest spirit of course opened her eyes to his misdoings she at first passionately refused to listen then had listened and after that was ready to listen to anything one episode in his past history had been made much of the sorry heroine of it had been an actress and this was bad enough but when the disinterested friend went on to say that lord baltimore had been seen in her company only so long as last week matters came to a climax that was a long time ago from today but the shock when it came shattered all the sacred feelings in lady baltimore's heart she grew cold callous indifferent her mouth a really beautiful feature that used to be a picture of serenity and charity personified hardened she became austere cold not difficult so much as unsympathetic she was still a good hostess and those who had known her before her misfortune still loved her but she made no new friends and she sat down within herself as it were and gave herself up to her fate and would probably have died or grown reckless but for her little son and it was after the birth of this beloved child that she had been told that her husband had again been seen in the company with madame estray that seemed to add fuel to the fire already kindled she could not forgive that it was proof positive of his baseness to the young wife it was all a revelation a horrible one she had been so stunned by it that she accepted it as it stood and learning that the stories of his life before marriage were true had decided that the stories told of his life after marriage were also true she was young and youth is always hard to her no doubt remained of his infidelity she had come of a brave old stock who if they could not fight could at least endure in silence and knew well the necessity of keeping her name out of the public mouth she kept herself well in hand therefore and betrayed nothing of all she had been feeling she dismissed her friend with a gentle air dignified yet of sufficient haughtiness to let that astute and now decidedly repentant lady know that never again would she enter the doors of the court or any other of lady baltimore's houses yet she restrained herself all through so well that even until the very end came her own husband never knew how horribly she suffered through her disbelief in him he thought her heartless there was no scandal no public separation she said a word or two to him that told him what she had heard and when he tried to explain the truths of that last libel that had declared him unfaithful to her since her marriage she had silenced him with so cold so scornful so contemptuous a glance and word that chilled and angered in his turn he had left her twice afterward he had sought to explain matters but it was useless she would not listen the treacherous friend whom she never betrayed had done her work well lady baltimore though she never forgave her would not forgive her husband either 
she would make no formal attempt at a separation before the world she and he lived together seemingly on the best terms at all events on quite as good terms as most of their acquaintances yet all the world knew how it was with them so long as there are servants so long it will be impossible to effectively conceal our most sacred secrets her friends when the baltimores went to visit them made arrangements to suit them it was a pity everybody said that such complications should have arisen and one would not have expected it from isabel but then she seemed so cold that probably a climax like that did not affect her as much as it might another she was so entirely wrapped up in her boy some women were like that a child sufficed them as for lord baltimore cyril why judgment was divided here the women taking his part the men hers the latter finding an attraction hardly to be defined in her pure calm rather impenetrable face that had yet a smile so lovely that it could warm the seemingly cold face into a something that was more effective than mere beauty it was a wonderful smile and in spite of all her troubles was by no means rare lady baltimore they all acknowledged was a delightful guest and hostess as for lord baltimore he well he would know how to console himself society the crudest organization on earth laughed to itself about him he had known how to live before his marriage now that the marriage had proved a failure he would still know how to make life bearable in this they wronged him End of chapter six